Possession crucial from this. How much longer will the referee allow? Dublin lead by a point. And there's the whistle. It's over. It's over. We earned it by winning the last two matches on the road, and that's not going to be taken away from us. But what I love in Hurland, I love players that will never give in. He hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar. Hello, welcome to the RTE GA podcast. Uh, Mikey Stafford here with Rory O'Neill. And we've been joined by Kevin McStay and Michael Foley to celebrate the end of the famine. We tend to get two Corkmen on. We're, you know, well, Rory's always on. He hasn't got a choice, but we tend, <laughs> tend, to, we tend to drag my, Mick in after big, big, carry uh, performances. We don't like you very much, Mick, do we? Clearly, clearly, <laughs> clearly. This is, this is a cruel and unusual punishment. <laughs> bad, bad enough you, you had to record that, that, that lovely uh, monologue for the Sunday game evening show last night where, you know, to praise the history of football's aristocrats and now we get you on to do it some more here now they'll be wondering your neighbor's going to start wondering about you mick i know i know there will be questions asked yeah. uh, the postman will arrive that the mail won't be handed at all it'll be fecked at the front door it was a gorgeous piece mick well done by the way it was really nice really lovely piece it was it was very nice it was mm. um as, as Kerry Huggers go, you're one of the more eloquent ones. Oh, like. Lord. No, no, no. <laughs> you, can't, you can't deny it. Like, I mean, you can't yeah. deny, to be fair to Kerry, and, and you know, you, if you win 38 All-Irelands, you're going to win them in a variety of different ways down, down the years. And, like, you know, of, of how Kerry always, you know, down the years, they found ways to win. Maybe, you know, it's not all people have this notion that it's all, you know, sweetness and light and yeah. flowing football in Brazil, 1970, all the time. Like uh, Brazil is a great example because Brazil have won so many of their World Cups in a very ugly manner. But everyone thinks it's always, you know, 82 yeah. or 70, but it's, it's yeah. not. It's, it's often 1994. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and it was, that's what it was yesterday, Kev. I think um, if you take away the virtuoso performance of David Clifford, which you can't, I'm not saying take it away, but other than that, um, I was describing it. It was kind of it was the All Ireland final for the water carriers to an extent. I thought Stephen O'Brien was uh, out of this world for as long as he lasted, and like he's known as kind of the hardworking carry forward. Like, but I thought he was as influential in the first half as anyone. And then you have the likes, obviously, like Graham O'Sullivan. You know, without Clifford playing the way he played, probably could have been a good shout for man of the match. And you know, you go through the defense and Tyke Morty and Jason Foley and uh, like Clifford was the match winner. But he wouldn't have been able to win any match if it was the guys, the kind of nuts and bolts guys for Kerry who didn't play as well as they played yesterday. He he made a fair stab at it, <laughs> of, of winning it on his own. Um, and I I I, uh, I take your point of all the smaller characters adding to the to the story yesterday, if we want to put it that way. But it's impossible to separate. I think the performance of David Clifford and Shane Walsh. Uh, from 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 the story of the 2022 final, it uh, got to a level that was, well, in my memory, um, unparalleled. That there was a stage where it was just a magnificent spectacle, pretty much between the two of them. Um, and I do take it that you know the the hot carriers were definitely giving it a great shot as well, and they're doing doing what they could for them. Um, but the brilliance, the class. The Socrates, the Pele, they were, they were, um, they were at either end of the field, and it. Uh, I just found it to be a magnificent final. I really, really enjoyed it. Mm. Obviously, I was co-com, and we were very invested in the action, mm. and uh, and it was swinging one way and the other, and then it came to that, you know, the crescendo really of the the four point, the four point splash by Kerry, Galway pull it back or two ahead, 
and back come Kerry again with another flash flood uh, of magnificent points. And um, I just found the whole thing so 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 appealing. I, I really, really enjoyed it. And sometimes we come away from these commentaries and you're not fully satisfied with what you've seen, you know, on, on these big days that tend not to deliver. I just, I enjoyed every minute of the final yesterday, lads. I thought it was mm. from the start. And Galway played, obviously, a major. And Galway had that, they had it on the cusp, be in no doubt about that, that free under the the the, the, the vertex of the hill and the ho and the Cusack. I'm, I'm, I've no doubt we'll talk about it. Mm. I was here in the Crow Park last night with Jim McGuinness, who took a, a different viewpoint to my own, and we were, <laughs> the two of us were standing up and we were taking positions, and I was putting in the hand and taking it out, and we were trying to talk through a few friends about why it was a free or why it wasn't. And um, so it was that it was a critical call. So that's how close Galway were, fellas. I, I'm sure you'll agree that, uh, mm. you know, a point either way, that big turnover, if it had stayed with Galway and they got up the field, it was a, a huge moment around the 66th minute, I think. Um, so, yeah, I suppose it, it, just a great, great final. And, uh, yeah, just a magnificent spectacle. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. Rory, um, before we get on to the match proper, I, I do have to ask you as former uh, editor of the Sunday Game Nighttime Show, and you've, you, you've been that soldier many times for the mm -hmm. after an All-Ireland final. Has it ever happened? Is it ever considered that a player from the losing team could win man of the match? Because to my mind, I know he maybe he kicked a couple of wides with the match in the melting pot yesterday, but uh, to me, I thought Shane Walsh was the outstanding individual performer yesterday, but I also knew he was never, ever, ever going to get man of the match because it wouldn't have made very good TV. Or might I asked very... for a joint one, Mikey. I said it to you, Rory, uh, at the OB mm. afterwards, and I don't think we've ever done that either, just to throw that into the mix. Mm. Yeah. I said, why not have a joint one? Because obviously the, the team hotel and the letdown if if the if the if the man of the match is in the other is in the other house. Yeah, I I, I don't. Re, re, was there one of the Cork Mead finals back in the eighties where a losing player ended up at man of the match? Obviously, losing players have got man of the match in regular non -All Ireland games, finals. Non All Ireland yeah. finals. I yeah. don't. None jump out at me. I suppose the most controversial one really was the 2008 final when they couldn't decide which Kilkenny player was yeah. so brilliant and Brian, Co Brian Cody picked up the award which caused much rancor I think among um, some people but I have never I don't recall uh, and, and look like I I only saw the highlights back so I haven't seen the full match Jesus some of the points Shane Walsh kicked my goodness like he kicked he one. He had three contenders for score the championship yesterday, oh, you could like, say. His first one into the hill. During the first one into the yeah. hill with the big bend on it, about 20 yeah. metres of bend on it. But, yeah. but, Kevin, but Kevin, like I think what people don't realise and how difficult a skill it is, when you're running at the pace that he's running at, to kick the ball on the run at that pace, not slow down. You know, I, I always remember Paul Flynn, Dublin footballer, and he would always make the point that it's always key just be, be pre-strike, just to maybe just slow down just for that fraction of a second, just to give yourself that little bit of steadiness so you can get the, the proper contact away. He, he just he he just he just kicks on the fly and moving at the pace that he does, and to be able to make such unbelievably sweet contact with it. I mean, some of some of the scores they were just outrageous, outrageous now. Um I think just but is there any is there any is there any um editorial reason not to give a joint uh Rory is is, is that kind of heavy operational procedures that say no this does not happen it's rude I, I I I don't know I mean look if you went down that road then you might be accused of look they fudged it and like I suppose you could possibly say that there was there a special case 
to be made for yesterday, given the performance of the two. But look, I wouldn't underestimate. <clears throat> I, don't, I, I don't necessarily think David Clifford is undeserving either, you know, oh, no, no. because I think what you do have to remember, I think anyway, from like just knowing what I know about Kerry football, I mean, think of the pressure that man was under. Like he is, he's the chosen one. He is in his second All-Ireland final, third if you include a replay. Has he delivered that big statement performance that obviously his talent suggests he's capable of? Yesterday, he certainly did. He pretty much put them, in a forward sense, put them up on his back. And I don't think he's under... I, will, I, like, I think it, it was a toss of a coin. And I think if you were maybe to flip it, if it fell for Clifford, you, I don't think people could have too many arguments either but, way. But put it this way, if, if Galway win the All-Ireland, Shane Walsh is man the best. Yeah, correct. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's a, um, I just think, like, Nick, it's a, it's a great complaint to have that you say there were two such outstanding displays of forward play yesterday that it's unfair to give, you know, either man has a fair shout. It's, you know, it, it, it is a kind of... Uh, you know, Virginia ham under the arm crying because you don't have a loaf of bread kind of argument, yeah, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it'll, it'll always be, I mean, whoever has won the man of the match, it'll always be remembered as the Clifford Walsh final. Anyway, um, mm. and just on that point about uh, losing teams winning man of the match awards, I, I remember it happened in 93. It happened in the All-Ireland Hurling final in 93. Parra Kelly from Galway won it when they lost to Kilkenny that year. He was superb. He was wing back. He was, I remember the game very well and remember his performance actually was amazing that day. But, um, like, yeah, look, there was a point in the first half when almost the two of them almost blended into one, you know, when you were watching, like Shane Walsh was, you know, swerving around and moving and gliding the same way Clifford moves and glides. And the two of them were doing the little small little solos and stuff like that. And you were looking at it, they were just, I think over the course, like I had enjoyed, I'd really enjoyed watching Shane Walsh over the course of the season. Um, I was at... It's funny, like at the Derry Galloway game, the Derry Galloway game was on a Saturday, so we obviously covered it for the Sunday paper in a big way. And I was really taken with Shane Walsh that day. And I think I was the only person in Ireland who was taken with Shane Walsh that day <laughs> because I picked up the papers the following Sunday and Monday and it was all he needs to get in the game more and he needs to do this and do that. I, t- I thought that Shane Walsh up to this point had done whatever Galway had needed him to do. Of course, he's such a good player that you'd always like to see him more and play more. But I thought against Derry, he really put in a shift without the ball. I was really, really impressed with him. Um, so it was just, it was fabulous just to see him open up his shoulders to, yesterday now and, and just remind everybody what an enormous talent because mm. we're in an era where David Clifford, and, and, and you know, it's no surprise, he's such an incredible talent that he has sort of become, you know, the main man in Gaelic football. He is, he is the brightest star in the sky. But that's like Shane Walsh is an incredible talent as well, you know. Um, and it was just it was just lovely to see on the biggest day of all, the two of them actually absolutely go at it. And what I really liked about Clifford actually, in the context of Kerry's performance, when Kerry like in the first half, like you felt like Kerry were hitting all their metrics. You know, their kick out was fine. Defensively, they were okay. Goal were opening them up a bit, but they were it was okay. Um, the problem seemed to be up front. They just they weren't getting a rhythm going or whatever. Clifford called a couple of really important marks for them in the first half. And it was just a presence of mind to do it in the middle of, of the maelstrom. Mm, just set keep it all down. Yeah. Over, just, he's just got, a, a, quite apart from his skill set, like he's he's had an old head on young shoulders for a, already for a couple of years. He's, just, he's such an impressive... I, I, think, I think one of the, the very satisfying... Yeah, I just, one of the very satisfying aspects of the season 
you know, and we've seen a lot of different types of football again evolving this season. You know, if you look at the Derry model, but in an overall sense, we're now seeing deep lying defenses, turnover, quick transition, off you go to the races. Um, but and most teams at the elite level will match each other, you know, the top four, top six. And isn't it still very satisfying, very encouraging that the separator at the highest, highest level remains this marvelous skill? Mm. And we're even seeing the like, hurling, of course, was always so well, pretty much always so. But skill now is still what say it's, it's it decides where the title is going. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's I, I've I've always had a sense, and it's been a conviction I've had for a long, long time that when you get to Crow Park and All Ireland final day, it's still forwards will win the All Ireland. Like if you go back and look at what would be considered historically the, I suppose, the pioneers of defensive football in inverted commas, your Tyrones or Armaz, look at the forward lines that won those All Irelands. Unbelievable forward lines. Yes, yeah, <clears> and when right. you look at and when you look at the All Ireland finals, I agree with Kevin as well. Yesterday was such an enjoyable game. It showcased all the good things about in inverted commas again modern football. Um, but like. If you look back at all Ireland finals over the last few years, there like there's been a couple of not great matches, but by and large, your Dublin Mayo finals, your Dublin Kerry final 2019, last year's final, okay, Mayo didn't perform well, but it was a compelling game in its own way. Like, as you say, at the top level, like the All Ireland finals are showing that the game is in very, very good health. It's mm. just, it's just, it's that separation. And again, look, it's like all oh, links in the chain. I'm sure we don't want to go on this road. But when you when you put mismatched teams together, that's when football gets yeah. ruined. That's when football gets ruined because the, the the weaker team go, well, we're not going to go out and play. And all, and then you have this sort of this mess of a match and it just messed the whole thing up. But the game is in very, very good health. And the all Ireland finals have repeatedly shown that down the years. And as Kevin says, the fact that finals are still decided by the best forwards. And as long yeah. as it's that way, we'll be... The game will be fine. Yeah, there's a couple of stats, Roy. Uh, the um, the Twitter account GA stats uh, put out a couple of interesting ones. Yeah, so which kind of painted a picture of, of kind of how entertaining a game it was. That uh, Galway had the lead seven times, which equals the record for a losing team. Uh, equals with Mayo in 2017. Uh, Mayo in 2017 gets a few mentions here. The teams were level nine times, which is Sorry, only beaten. Mikey, how, yeah. how, how, how far back do these stats go now? I'm not sure. Like, they lo- how can they possibly say that? Like, seven times is the most... A, a losing team has gone ahead. Like, have they gone all the way back to check that out? Uh, I can't speak for them. I don't know. It's just a mad. That's a mad stat. It's yeah. just a mad stat. Yeah, the teams were. These are all of a similar ilk. Um, teams were level nine times today, which is only beaten by the 2017 final between Dublin and Mayo, where there was 11, and it's level with 82 in 2008. So it definitely goes back to 82. Okay. And the sides took the lead on 10 different occasions. Kerry three times and Galway seven. Um, the 1889 final was very, was very. <laughs> I knew Kevin would come in. I, I, I knew Kevin would have it. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, that, one, that was that the one that finished seven one to two points. Yeah, that one. Yeah, they were level got on. Dark, per- got dark per- during the penalties and they went home. For, <laughs> one team walked eight, off because they had to get the shower banks home. Yeah. <laughs> but Rory, the um the four point mar- four point margin at the end is a little bit cruel, and it's the kind of thing Kerry do, isn't it? They they, they kind of they put on that glass that probably doesn't fairly reflect the tightness of the game. Yeah, and it was, look, it was 16-all in the 66th minute. Obviously, we can talk about the free or was it or wasn't it, um, you know, fuzzy, fuzzy. But, the like, it was it was an absolute ding-dong. I was, like, just, I mean, I couldn't, 
the lads have said it all. I mean, it was just a brilliant final and Galway played their part in absolute spades. They should be like very, very, all Galway people should be very proud of what they brought to the table there yesterday. It just, for me anyway, I just felt like that they ran out of a little bit of juice towards the back end. They probably didn't have the same kind of quality to come off the bench that maybe Kerry had. Obviously, Kerry went to the bench a lot sooner as well with the two Spillans coming on at half time. But um, from a Galway perspective, yeah, I think that's probably something that they'll need to fix maybe on, over the that winter. Was, that was the one thing the pundits very yeah. much got right in the preview, uh, Rory, that the benches the benches were going to, were yeah. going to have a significant yeah. say and 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 uh, and that meant then advantage Kerry by a distance because the Galway bench just didn't seem ready for the 2022 championship. And, They're and still the, developing. Yeah, yeah. And the other and the other thing from a Galway perspective, I suppose, is look. In fairness to Jason Foley, he did a fantastic job on Comer, and people can say, look, Comer didn't really fire in the way that he maybe did in the semi-final. Um, the only thing was if Walsh had even one one other guy to pitch in. I think it might have actually given them that little extra nudge. I mean, I was looking at it. They scored 16 points, 13 of which came from Walsh and McDade. Yeah. You know, so they yeah. only got like I think like a point, so, a point from Johnny Heaney was the only other forward. And he was kind yeah. of, you know, and and it's yeah. it's it's it, they it, they were obviously ve- look Walsh. You know, was oh, absolutely outstanding. Kicked unbelievable scores and was you know, as we said, uh, an absolute. Certainty for man of the match had Galway won, but they just—I think—they just probably needed someone else to pick up the slack at different parts of the game. And then when it got down the stretch, I just thought the legs went from them just that wee bit, and then they didn't have that same impetus off the bench to kind of push on. But I mean, I just thought they were magnificent as well yesterday. Absolutely unbelievable, and it was a brilliant final. It was—we kind of felt in the build-up too that it was going to be a sort of a. You know, there was a kind of a real nostalgia, traditional feel to this, and people were nervous about whether or not it would be cagey, and it probably was to a certain. There were parts of it, but I think the inherent and innate footballing philosophies within the two counties sort of manifested itself, and they, in the end, that's kind of what we got. We got the game that we were expecting that Kerry and Galway would deliver, and um, it was just that. Listen, it was an absolutely fantastic. It was. A, privilege to be there and an amazing game of football and I think in fairness overall the right winners in the end yeah I think I, I think Mick uh, Galway can't like they can see where the, where the issue lay obviously and the, the issue was that there was no reliance on one you know supremely talented form and but they've had that all year but it's not always been Walsh yeah. and another day Conroy might pick up the slack and another day it might be Comer. There's very rarely in this championship where Galway Finnerty had... Finnerty had played really well in the early rounds. Of yeah, it's, it's, there was very rarely a game where three or four... Didn't have his best day yesterday, you know? Yeah, they never had more than two forwards really on song in a day. And if you'd imagine, if they could have had five of their attacking eight on form in one game, they'd, you know, blow anybody away. But it's just, that never happened for them, whether it's their style of play or whether it's just the fact that, you know, you can't expect everyone to be on form at the same time. They never really had that day where you had... All of their top forwards kind of, you know, on song. It's the sign of an evolving team, really. Um, Like Rob Finnerty had a very good, as Rory just said there, he had a very good first half of the season. And then possibly, I mean, the Derry game and the the final wasn't quite as prominent as Galway probably would have liked. And, you know, it's a little bit like that sometimes in All-Ireland final days. You need need a rogue element coming in and kicking two or three points in play that you possibly didn't see coming. 
maybe Killian McDade to some degree. I mean, kicking mm. four points in midfield, you know, but like they, yeah, look, they, they need a little bit more. Like I've liked to look at Galway since Joyce took over. I've liked the way he's gone about it. No, there's been a lot of kinks in the road and stuff, but you can you could always start to see, you could see a good team evolving there. And I mean, they're they're a very very good unit. All the stuff that we've said already, like the the bench, the bench is an issue. I mean, when you look at the Kerry bench, they got two points out of Killian Spillane as well, which were crucial. Um, and you're just looking at the players who didn't get on, they probably had another two or three that could have come on. You know, just that would have been that would have brought a little energy to it. Um, but that that Galway team is. They're going to be there again next year if they can hold it all together. Um, just evolve it a little bit more. They know themselves, like you say. Like if you got, if they had got three of those forwards humming yesterday, Jesus, they probably would have won the thing. Like mm. you know, but all all six um, Kerry starting forward scored. Yeah, yeah, they did. They did. Like and, and even at that, Kevin, you could probably say one or two of them didn't quite play up either. You know. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Yeah, Paul Meaney was was disappointing. Paul Paul had a tough game, and Sean Shade. By his standards, you know, it wasn't quite in the game. Damon O'Connor had had a different type of game. You know, and, you know, I thought Paddy Clifford was very, very good in the second half when they yeah, needed him to be very good, really, yeah. really good. And particularly like, consider how 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 anonymous and uh, uh, gra- gravity challenged he was in the first half. Every time he tried to make a move, he seemed to fall over or not, nothing stuck. He was just having an absolute mare. So he really did like his brother. I think he has a similar kind of temperament he got a, he to his got a, brother. He got, a, he got a right bang in the nose. Well, yeah. yeah. right it, it was a nose. big. It was a big half time, lads, for Jack O'Connor was, because yeah. uh, though they were only a point uh, behind, his team, other than David Clifford and one or two of the defenders we've mentioned, were not playing well. Uh, he had a lot of lads that were just not hitting the spots. And he made he made a very big call. I know David, uh, well, I, I only know from hearing it last night at the Clears Hotel that David Moore had been ill all week, hmm. and that may well well be the reason he was taken off, even though he was doing doing okay. And um, Paul Gainey just you know had a very average semi final and just couldn't couldn't regain the form, which I thought he would actually for the final. Didn't work. So Jack had big big calls to make, and uh, and he made them. He wasn't hanging around, you know, for the usual. I'll give you ten more minutes, now, lads, and then. There was a couple of things, though. There, there was a couple of things, though, that did strike me as odd. I mean, uh, and again, it might be. The case. I, I did think it was odd that they left Thomas Sullivan on Shane Walsh for as long as they did. Mm. And I know you you might make the argument. So what do well, you do? He might have taken well, someone. Well, I did. Point, I, I, but know? I did think Graham was playing so well over in the other corner that I was kind of saying. Surely they'll just they'll just just swap them, and just see how it goes for, for for ten minutes. Even you know, like no, look, the, the reality is Walsh was unmarkable, so it mightn't have made any difference. I'll give you my take, Rory, on why uh, Shane Walsh has explosive pace, mm. and if he goes by you, you won't recover. Other than Tom O'Sullivan, who has outrageous has outrageous pace, and I I would imagine that was a big part of the consideration. Right. But okay. Yeah. You know, they knew Walsh was going to score five, six, seven points, something of that. You know, if he hit form, that's my take on it. Because like that, I was, I was thinking, surely, surely, surely they'll do something. But what, in fairness to them, what they did do was they got a lot of help out defence when, when Walsh went right, uh, shimmied right off O'Sullivan. Drifted the, the sweeper always walked towards him, so he couldn't yeah. get a shot off. He had to go further right or further lateral. Yeah. Probably the fact that the, that the damage was sort of being limited as well. You know, if 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 you had had Comer pl- playing a bit better, or one of the other any other other forwards doing a bit of damage, then then Kerry might have gone, "Geez, we need to do something here." But there are also when you look at the list, I mean, the names, everybody else was doing well on their main 
they're kind of yeah. run, they don't have many other man markers really like so I, and you'd imagine as Kevin said like you'd imagine Tom was probably talked through the scenarios during the week like that look this might happen, but you just need to do what you chances want. Are, chances, chances are this guy is going to score a few points. The other thing, is, the other thing as well, though, is... The other You're limiting. You're not eliminating. You're just limiting. Exactly. Yeah. And, also, and also the other thing was, I would imagine the Kerry mindset was, we want to get Shane Walsh defending. I, mm. I'd say that was probably a big thing. Because, I mean, it was probably for Tom, it was... It's the first game I can think this year. Anyway, he only had one shot on goal. He yeah. was hardly up the field. Yeah. Um, I would have thought that the Kerry thinking was... God, he was convinced he'd scored. He wouldn't leave the referee alone about it. Yeah. Hawkeye's wrong. Hawkeye's <laughs> wrong. It was over the bar. to go with them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, the other thing, just Although, back to- I was, I was cleaned out by, 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 the, uh, by the production team. Did you see that, Mikey? Yeah, the, the, the replay was emphatic. And, and then they put in that, the behind camera. They, they let that run in. Knowing yeah. well what the what the answer was, and that's Rory O'Neill I have for that. Well, one. well, I, I was in I was in your ear. You must have turned me off at that stage. <laughs> you were probably you were probably sick of listening to me, but no doubt. But um, I was because obviously I see the Hawkeye. Um, I can see the Hawkeye result pretty much instantly, so I knew that it was wide. And just to be safe, we said, well, let's just have a look at that high behind angle, just to make I, I sure was, uh, this time I'm not I doubting Hawkeye. I was introducing the right-hand post down at the hill conspiracy theory. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it was wide. It was. It, it was. It was definitely wide. So I, I, I'm glad you mentioned Tom O'Sullivan, Roy, because I, I do think he deserves a mention because it's not a match like in All Ireland, his first time. But like he probably, if he wins a couple more, it mightn't be the one he tells the grandkids about. But the fact of the matter is, like he did stick at it, and oh, yeah. Shane Walsh did miss a couple of chances late on that you know. He wasn't missing earlier, probably because his foot was hanging off after scoring so many glorious points. But also um, that Thomas Sullivan stuck at it when, you know, given the, you know, kind of the Gaelic football version of the kamikaze mission, I thought he uh, he did acquit himself. He, he did acquit himself pretty well. Uh, he sure did. Oh, he did. It was, um, the light, the light, when you shine a light on an Ireland medal, it refracts in all sorts of different angles, different ways, right? <laughs> it's not all one on the final. You don't win an All Ireland medal just on final day. You have to do an awful lot to get there. And he's like, he's a nailed on all star. He's had a brilliant year. Yeah. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be saying a bad word about him now over yesterday. Like, no, he, oh, he, Jesus, no, he's, there's that. He's an absolutely stellar defender, that fella. Yeah, there's no there's, fear of him. Well, another, another thing, look, I mean, it's totally incidental. And look, does it matter? Maybe it doesn't. Wasn't a dirty stroke in the whole match, which is unusual, really, for an All Ireland football team. Uh, David Clifford's tackle in the first half now. Yeah, uh, that was a bit of a, a, bit bit of a one-handed slap. I, I think that happens. I wouldn't call yeah, that a, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that no, I thought but, it was a very clean a game. He, you know, it was, it was physical. He didn't know how to tackle. <laughs> no, like, that's the next skill he has to perfect. It kind of, it kind of felt to me like a kind of a a football version of a hurling final. That the referee had kind of decided they're like, oh, I'll let a bit go here now because they're yeah. not. They're, they're, they're not teams that you really need to kind of clamp down on early doors more than like They're not going to get carried away, yeah. Nah, so there, there was a couple of saucy tackles at times in the game, but it was never anything. It was in the, you know, there were saucy tackles because the referee hadn't pulled smaller stuff up mm. before. It was no biggie, like, you know. Yeah. It was, ah, it was grand old. No, the referee, I, I, the, referee, the referee was very good, actually, yesterday. Yeah. I do. Well, and he, I, I think yeah. the, 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 the shoulder on, on Killian McDade wasn't even a free, I didn't think. Yeah, that could have been let go. It that could have been, been let go. Shot. It was a tremendous shoulder. It was just because there was the other player on the other side It kind of caused a bit of a buffeting effect. But uh, it was actually just a, it was a textbook shoulder. It was a, it was a hell of a hit. And that, that, that and the Clifford tackle in the first half, they're going to the two that stand out. And as you said, neither was particularly... 
Um, Egregious. So we might as well get on to the one refereeing decision then that 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 is being. Well, there, well, there were two. I I I would dispute. Was I would. I would. I did. There you go, Kev. Mm. I think you know. I know. Galway have come out, and some Galway people might feel that that was a very harsh free, but. Equally, on the flip side, Kerry should have been playing against 14 men, possibly for 10 minutes in that second half as well. And like, you know, in modern Gaelic football, if you're down a man, that's a, a big opportunity to make some hay, and they, which they weren't given. And I thought it was within the confines and the rules surrounding the black card, it was definitely, you know, heading towards that colour, Kev. I mean, you're better on the rules than I, but... No, I agree with you. I agree with you. I said I, I said it's pretty much the same in the commentary and in the replay where he's where he's actually pulling him down by the jersey. Um, now there were poorly judged advances by Conor Gleeson a lot all day. Nearly he he um he was wandering from his line when it just wasn't quite the call. I felt, and again he got caught in in the fifty fifty as he, well. It wasn't fifty fifty. It was forty sixty against him, and that's why the the now, the Curry attacker. You could, you could say, I can't remember who it was now. It was Killian Splan. Uh, Killian Splan. Might have gone down a little bit easy, and sometimes that happens. Oh, no, sorry, in the black card situation. Yeah, yeah no, yeah, no, you're thinking, you're thinking of the, thinking you're thinking of the, the free the, at the, the end. Free. Yeah. I can't was, remember who's in the black card one now. Was, was it Paddy Clifford? Was, I think it was, was Paddy Clifford, wasn't it? Paddy Clifford or Gavin White. It was, I yeah. think it was Paddy Clifford, yeah. Anyway, that's neither here nor there who was in it. Uh, it, it, it. It did look deliberate, and that's the key word, and it did look like a pull-down, and... Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a bit of a trip as well at the end of it, where a leg flew across. <laughs> <Some> <laughs> Everton. And 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 you could say it maybe was there a hint of a goal scoring opportunity? I mean, like he had it oh, all. Geez, I never even thought of that. He yes. had it all. Sorry, he had the whole... it, it, it was Killian Spillane actually who we dragged down. It was Killian Spillane yeah. in both he, these instances. He, he yeah. had he had it wrapped up in a bow for a, at least a black card in my yeah, view, yeah, and yeah. you know he left him off. As if and by the way, volley, it's a goal, and, isn't it? And, 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 and by the way. If the goalkeeper takes a black card, that's too big. So that you're possibly into a situation where you've got to make two substitutions with a very weak bench. So while these things, you could say, okay, that free was soft, maybe over here, and then and that's also debatable. No, two wrongs, as we say, don't make a right, and two incorrect decisions, but they do balance out. I would suggest to a degree. Yeah. Mm. Uh, um. So the other one is a little bit complicated, Kevin, isn't it? It's um, yeah. well, being I, same I, with John um, Daly and Killian Spam because yeah. a poor Walsh's argument, I think, more so than the that Daly holding the arm. I, I don't think I don't think he thinks that was a foul, but his point is Comer was pushed before yeah, well, John he, Daly he even got the ball. I, I can assure you, because I was I was doing my my column last night. I'm very disciplined when I when I left Croke Park. <laughs> And uh, straight I, up um, to do your homework. Yeah, I've got the homework done now. Maybe after ten o'clock, I wasn't as disciplined, but that's here and there. <laughs> yeah, the, um, good stuff. The um, so I, I looked at it about six, seven times, and I'd seen Porrick's comments in the press conference where he was concentrating on Comer being pushed. Absolutely not. So this is this is how this is how it played out. I'll give you the detail, and you can dive in. Um, so the carry def- the, the carry defender is, is coming out. Comer goes after him and a brilliant steal. He knocks the ball clean out of his hand. Brilliant tackle. And the ball is there for him to pick up. But he makes a hames of picking it up. He stumbles over the pickup. That's what Porrick thought was the push. Because nobody pushes him. Uh, and now he has he's not in control of the ball. A curry boot goes in and pokes it forward. But he pokes it straight to a Galway man. And then that Galway defender who's name has just gone for me now. He decides to pass it back 
with a fist pact to John Daly. Now, this is where it gets tricky. As John Daly is coming to receive a very straightforward, simple fist pass, he slips. So by the time he gets, doesn't fully slip, he kind of a knee he slips, and when he gets up to his to his height, he has no forward momentum because Spillane has has filled the space, mm. and he goes in with the straight arm out, and now now Daly cannot break the tackle, and he can't get forward momentum. It's almost like you know the rugby, the scrum goes the other way if you can't. Yeah, yeah. Get the yes. lunch. And um, and I'm pretty sure John unfortunately panics. I'm not getting any momentum here. I'll caught for an overcarry, and he did the old cornerback man on it, grabbed it. And I, I do the old, the old really James recall, McCarthy, I you in commentary before we saw that replay. Yeah, well, Nick... well there you go. There you go. I mean, <laughs> we were all good at it. <laughs> we, were, we were all good at it in our day if you needed to. But uh, he, I think uh, my sense is that Sean Hurston got it absolutely 100% correct. Now, here, and I'm telling you, last night we were having a beer. Jim McGuinness was in our company, and he was completely the other side of the argument. So there you go. Uh, so, so that that argument didn't end quickly then, I don't think, because I can't no. imagine Jim accepted your point of view on it. No, I, I had to back off. Well, it was a key. It, <laughs> it, it was a key moment, and yeah. you know, I well, think... he converted it. You see, that's what made it the key. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah, yeah. He converted it. The picker had missed like, it, what, it, it had blown over. Was it wasn't an easy free, by the way. Oh, that's and he was pulled back. Did you notice yeah, that? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Was the linesman said, "Back here, buddy." And he mm. kept him on the 13. He didn't let him out to the 20 for the wider angle. Mm. So he did the most acute of of, uh, of angles. And uh, wow, what, what, what did you think, Mick? Free, what you I, think, Mick? free in like, or free out? I thought at the time it was a free in. Um, my my initial reaction was, like Kevin, I, I the push in the back didn't occur to me at the time. Mm. It just didn't occur to me. Like you said, I, actually what occurred to me was, what a great steal from Damien Comer. Mm. And then I actually said to the fellow, that's some steel. The guy was like, that was some steel. And the next thing he started falling over and I was like, oh, I'm after cursing him now. Yeah, and yeah, he, yeah. you know, it, it transpired. I think he went for described. a jab lift, Mick. Do you know that? He did. Yeah, he did. And, and, big... and he missed it and he jabbed the ground and tumbled over. As that's you, as exact, you exactly. It was again, do you know what? Again, it's just those, Jesus, just being in an All-Ireland final and just doing the brilliant basics, you know, that little, just yeah. get over the ball, just get over the ball and draw the free, you know? Get up and draw free, yeah. But anyway, what actually occurred to me as possibly was the issue and obviously it wasn't how Killian Spanan went in with the straight arm mm. it like he got it it was fine but it yeah, could have that's been. where Jim was saying he thought the arm was a bit high but I, I, I didn't I didn't think that now really I think it was fine at, at the time I looked in real time to me and I Jesus that could have been a foul but when you looked at the replay after whatever they showed it was fine it certainly John Daly had him the old corner forward trick. No, I mean, the corner backs. It's the old corner forward trick. <laughs> yeah. To pull your arm in. But I thought it was a free. I could talk. If you're parachutes at ground level and you're looking across a ticket of bodies and you see him go over, I can see exactly. It's 100, yard, it's 100 meters away from. Power. Ah, yeah. I can see why. I'm sure when he sees it, he'll know. But yeah, but look at that was only half the job. You what did you think? What, what did you think, lads? Did you think it was a fouler? I thought it was soft enough now, but I wouldn't be as a, I, I, I'd be a naive young fella. I wouldn't be aware of these, 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 just these, these, these just, tactics that you corner forward slash corner backs. I just wave play on. Keep going. Keep going. And, and you know, if he did this gas thing about it, fellas, this where maybe experience comes in. If he had given a free out to Galway, there wouldn't have been boo about it. Mm. No. No. Because it was a brave know, call. Guys say, well, we were in to stop him and da, 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 and play, and it would never, it wouldn't even be a talking point. But when yeah. it went the other way and was converted, oh, then the game swung. 
I would say, Rory, I was a little bit surprised. No, not that he's like some kind of above the fray. I was a little bit surprised Joyce made quite such an issue of it. He did. It seemed in every interview he did, he kind of raised it as an issue. And I kind of, I don't know, like, not that he should, you know, he should go, you know, lose gracefully, blah, blah, blah. It just, to me, it was a little bit of surprise that poor Joyce kind of, kind of, after losing, I know it was like a pivotal moment, but when, when he lost by four points that he made such a big deal of it, I was a little bit surprised. Yeah, but look, you wouldn't know who's in his ear now either as well at the same time before he goes into these types of press conferences and ends up saying stuff that I'd say maybe today when on reflection might go, oh, look, yeah, maybe, look, but them's the breaks. Like, that. this is what happens in All-Ireland Finals. That's what I've never lost in All-Ireland Finals, so I don't yeah, know. Yeah, like, he's been human. Yeah, and it's human. It's human. I couldn't pause him for that one. No, Mick, that's what surprises me because his poor Joyce has kind of got a kind of slightly godlike demeanor at times, you know, that he he would lower himself into the fray. He's competitive. He'd bet you for a marble. Will you stop it? Ultra competitive. It's the burning, the burning desire when he was going to be in an All Ireland final. I mean, that man is born to win. I mean, there's no, I mean, even in Galway's worst days. When he was playing, he would believe Galway would win a game if, if he was involved in it, and that's not that's not an arrogance. Yeah. That's just a, yeah. a complete conviction. They generally did, by the way. What a what a guy! No, it's, it's, I mean, I put it this way: I'd far prefer to see him reacting that way than sitting staring at the wall, going, "Yeah, right. these yeah. things happen." We didn't get one year We got no Yeras <laughs> yesterday, which yeah. was great. Actually, it was a year free zone. <laughs> uh, I, I mentioned him at the start in kind of the. Uh, Kevin, in relation to kind of the, the 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 final for the water carriers, I think he deserves a special mention. I I was just so taken by Stephen O'Brien's performance Stephen yesterday. O'Brien, I yeah, just yeah. thought, I I'm just he was fan. magnificent. It was like, uh, like if if Paul if Paul Paul Galvin delivered that performance 10, 15 years ago, like it'd be singing about it from the mountaintops. I say Stephen O'Brien is underrated, but yeah. he just did well, I, everything. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you a good a good story. Ah, he. He, he he was like he, he's an unsung hero on that team, and I'll tell you I'll tell you a good story. This is true, fellas. Um, I I just I mixed up. It was it the Kerry Mayo League match or the Kerry Dublin League match down in Tralee. We 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 did both of them, Rory. If my memory, yep. well, I, I was yeah, we did because I was I was down there, and uh, and I wouldn't have been down there otherwise. Um, and on the Sunday there were Saturday night matches, horrible wet nights again as usual. But anyway, on the Sunday morning we were going for some breakfast in in, in a hotel in Tralee town. And I met him at the foyer with, with his partner. And I think he might have got a couple of minutes the night before, or no minutes, but not much of a show anyway. And I was chatting to him. And I, you know, he, he, there is that kind of idea of a veteran about him at this stage. And was he hanging around the panel? And uh, he, he felt he felt he was he, he could only improve and he was going to keep at it and see could he knock another big season out of it. And he was well down the pecking order. That's the point I'm making. Mm. At that stage, at that stage, in oh, I guess it was February March period, and uh, he had he had a lot to do. But his uh, his his approach, even back then, was yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna make it difficult for Jack, and I want to get on the team, and I don't want to be a bit player and all that. And uh, and then he turns turns in. I, I've I've obviously managed and coached against him. And one of the things we're always saying to the defenders is, you know, you have to stand off him. Because if you come in close, he wriggles, he ducks down, and he goes in under your oxer. And <laughs> it's very hard to get a tackle against him. And uh, Dara was calling him the wriggler yesterday. You know, he and that, he kind of he's very elusive when he does a kind of a little shimmy and he puts the head down. Yeah. And, uh, and and he contributes all the time. Like and he's a nice scorer as well. Pete, that's a part of his game people miss. 
that if he gets it open, uh, he's not shy about putting a curler over the bar. And he, he always contributes. That's my sense when he plays for, for the yeah. kingdom. He's a net contributor all the time, isn't he? Absolutely. He always yeah. seems to get a job done. And as I say, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of his. I think I think he's, he's, he's a great bit of stuff. Mm. What, a block. what a block on Conroy. Oh, well, Roy, block. I was, I was oh. saying in the... Um, yeah, the Rangers yesterday. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, Con- the Conroy one is the one that will be replayed for years because the Father Ted connotations, it's kind of funny and everything else. And he obviously knew he broke Conroy's foot. But the, the, the block on Heaney was arguably more important. And yeah, uh, it saved the, well, probably saved the goal. If, it really did look if you look at oh definitely if you look at the there was a photograph taken as well uh that catches the moment of impact um when when he makes the block and it's actually he's it's Wait, which one make the sorry the johnny heaney one mm. so he's yeah you know, it's right in on goal it's actually the outside of o'brien's arm it hits so it's yeah. not like it's not a textbook but he just flings himself in front of it you know it's amazing block yeah amazing. no uh, he, he 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 was uh he was he was just he was something else um well, while we're mentioning individual performances, then um, I, I think uh, like Walsh and, and Clifford rightly getting the headlines, um, Kevin, but Killian McDade, oh. that second half, it was it was kind of a it was a strength of will scenario kind of thing, wasn't it? It was almost like this guy was like, oh, well, you know, my 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 partner isn't having his best days. Like Conor looked like he might have been carrying an ocker. He just wasn't he wasn't quite right. And McDade just kind of kind of grabbed affairs by the scruff of the neck and not in the first half when Galway yeah, he was grand in the first half not in the first half when they were having the better of it it was in the second half when they were kind of beginning to take on water and he was single-handedly keeping them in it there for a stage and and again Killian McDade has been a slow burner I came across him maybe three four years ago in an FBD match again number 10 right out forward up in Kiltoom in, in an old run of the mill FBD game and I remember saying to the guys, Jesus, that fellow number 10, 10 is, is, uh, is a queer player. We're going to have to keep an eye on him. And then someone said, hey, he's, oh, he's Australian, back from Australia. He's with Carlton, I think, over there. And um, you could see the athleticism immediately. Uh, uh, but he, he needed to tidy up the skills a small bit. Now, yesterday, interestingly, Mikey, uh, three in the second, one in the first, three in the second. But he could have added another two. Mm-hmm. He had two that swung, swung to the mm-hmm. left. And again, you have to give massive credit if you look back at them to the Curry defenders, just as he's kicking for those points, that dive across him into his eye line and and, and force him to, to hook the shot a bit higher and, and it moves to the left. So he could have easily, not easily, that's the wrong word, he could have potentially uh, scored six points from play yesterday, uh, which would have been an incredible contribution from oh, like he, a midfielder. Did- what a fella to build a team around for the next 10 years. I mean, I know people will talk about Walsh and Comer, but look, they're heading towards 30. This guy's only 24. And it, like to find a fellow with that sort of athleticism that can get... Like, he's probably a 10, Rory, really. That's but, his position, yeah, 10 or but, 12. But, but, but also, like the kind of leadership qualities he has are, are astonishing. As if you... Like, the scores he got were clutch scores yesterday. Mm. Like, when they really needed scores, like, they're the really hard ones because the pressure mm. is on. Even if you go back to, we'll say, the Armagh quarter final, it was, you know, like, they had thrown away a terrible lead, had gotten dragged into extra time, conceded an early goal in extra time. It was McDade who again dragged them out of the, out of a burning, well, he burning got the furnace. You know, like, he, he got, got the goal. I think he might have got... I think he got the equaliser to get the extra time. I think he got the equalising goal after that. I That's mean, right. um, you know, like I would have him. Now, obviously, Clifford will get player of the year, but McDade 
for me, should be a racing certainty as a nominee at the very, very least. Yeah, by the way, John Daly, lads, yesterday was another big player in that final. Yeah, big, he's been so good all year. Mm. I think he's been. I mean, the pass he gave done. early on, Mick, for the for the um, or maybe it was the Heaney goal chance, but one of them he gave yeah. he gave a pass just oh split the defence with a magnificent left footed pass. Uh, I think I think it was the Heaney goal chance actually. It was, it was the Heaney goal chance, right, yeah, that was right. his pass. He was, yeah, he was doing, he he was at the same crack against Derry. Like he's just ah, oh, he's been hugely impressive to me anyway. All year he's he's a centre he's the star centre back to me. Yeah, yeah I, I picked him on my team in the year, yeah. but I don't. Did he make it? I don't think. No, he did. James McCarthy made it, which is kind of might be the decision out of that team that has most people scratching their heads because James McCarthy played one game of football basically, I suppose, whereas John Daly was. Consistently excellent for the All Ireland finalists. You shouldn't have heroes when you're in your late forties. But James McCarthy <laughs> is my hero, right? I was only over. I was only over in swords. I was only over in swords there last week, and uh, he's working in swords now. And um, I was just walking down the main street, and following him. He was sitting outside. He was sitting outside having a coffee, and I was just like, you know, I was starstruck, like you know. Uh, so nobody loves James McCarthy more than me, but James yeah, shouldn't have been on that team. Uh, he's terrific. Yeah. But it, it, normally uh, we get maybe 13, 14 consistently correct. In yeah, it's the, hard. Like, it's uh, very, very it's hard. Pick, like the to night pick. of the final, it's a quick pick. Very hard. And when you compare it to the All-Stars who have a month or whatever to, mm. to reflect, uh, the strike rate has been historically very good for the, the Sunday, the Sunday mm. game show. But yeah. me thinks, me thinks, Rory, uh, that uh, it, it won't be close. It, it'll be lucky to beat the 12 this year. There will be changes to that team of the year. I don't see that that is oh, the yeah, all-star. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no. Yeah. no, no, I, I think there's a, but as you said, I I think you could go <clears throat> picking it now and you're, you're the worst kind of Monday morning quarterback because uh I've been in the office when that team's being picked and I can, I can see Des, you know, throwing sandwiches at the wall and like, you know, throwing chairs at Kieran Whelan and stuff. Like it gets heated. It does get heated. <laughs> it does get um, heated. So, you know, we we weren't there, man. We don't we, we don't know how it went down. We don't know. We <laughs> don't know you weren't there. Make so. a word on um a word on Jack O'Connor, I think, kind of needs to be mentioned. Like, this is the kind of uh, this is a unique intercounty management career now. You know, four All Irelands in three different spells, one hundred percent strike rate of league and uh, All Ireland in his first year of each three spells. And last night it was interesting. Just uh, you know, with Marty and Joanne's interviews in the team hotel, they were, they were obviously consciously wanting to ask about Jack O'Connor. Every every player got a question about Jack O'Connor. And I, I think every one of them just mentioned man management, just man management. Like that's that's what he's really good at, I guess. And um, you might think this this Kerry team, you know, this is Kerry. They 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 don't need the hand around the shoulder. They don't need to be told how great they are. But this is a very talented group of players who won everything underage. But in the last two years, three years, have been hit with some sickening, sickening defeats. So I think Jack O'Connor was just the man to come in and tell them how great they all were and give them a kick up the arse when it was needed. There might be a little bit more to it than that, but yeah, like I mean, it was interesting actually the last couple of weeks. Um, I kind of I just the way the, the coverage broke for us, I, I spent more time kind of in Kerry and, and, and kind of talking to people in Kerry more so maybe than Galway in the run up to the final. And it was very interesting just to see how Jack was. I was down at the press day uh, last Wednesday week, and it was very interesting to see how they were playing that day and how Jack was. So, like in my head. Kerry hadn't, you know, they've won one All-Ireland in 13 years. Eight years was the third longest run Kerry have ever had uh, without an All-Ireland, which is nothing to most of us, but you know the way you know the way it is now. So, you know, it was interesting that Jack, 
and Mike Quirk was there and Jeremy Murphy and they all spoke about how chilled out and how relaxed and how everything was cool and everything was good and I was kind of thinking, I'm sure it is because when you're in the bubble, it's totally different. And, you know, they know how to handle it. I mean, those guys, I think between between German and Michael alone, they've been involved in 17 All-Ireland Finals before yesterday. So they know they know how to handle these things. But it was interesting to hear Jack talk at that, at that point. He was saying he was enjoying it more than he ever did before. He was insisting this is the most enjoyable stint I've had. Um, and he was projecting this sense of enjoyment and it's great to be here and all, all, all of that. And... You know, it just struck me that here's a guy who's he said he always he was also talking about being a different manager, a different kind of manager than he was before, being able to delegate more, not taking on as much. That the, you know, obviously the, the the job had even expanded since the last time he was there, so he had to. But he had the faith. Um, he had he has this dual quality at the moment. It would it would appear of having the faith to find the right people to fill the ancillary jobs that he wants done but also the conviction at the top of it all to know what he wanted to look like at the end. Mm. And I think that was reflected at halftime yesterday. I'm not mm. sure another manager without the pedigree and without the record that Jack has would have made those two changes so fast at halftime. I'm not sure. Not yeah. sure they would with the conviction that he did, you know? Mm. Um, and, I, you know, the other thing that, that came, out, came out to me, and this is Jack as well, that came across to me in the last couple of weeks coming up to the game was two names, Paddy Talley and Tony Griffin kept coming back and back and back and like performance coaches in Kerry when Jack was perf- uh, the first time around in the early noughties he brought in a performance coach and it, I tell you now being a performance coach going into a Kerry squad it's not that's, that's not a done deal like you, <laughs> I mean it's not number one you go in knowing it's not going to work for everybody and number two another cohort are going to have to be convinced and then there is another cohort that will go with it and they'll get going that's great but you're selling yourself you're, you really have to sell what you're selling, like, you know, and you really have to find a connection. And Tony Griffin clearly did. And you could see it coming down the stretch now in two matches, the two big games of the year, they had it coming down the stretch. And then the Paddy Talley side of it, you know, Jack was never afraid to, to go to the North uh, for advice and for ideas. And a man, from what I understand, would consult widely anyway about how things are and, and, and so on and so forth. But to, the, the Talley thing, lads, I mean, how that was translated in Kerry in the lead-in, because again, the classic thing, Mick O'Dwyer always said it to the great team. He said, lads, it's not 31 counties coming after us at all. It's 31 and a half. And Jack would have had that at the start of the year as well. And the tally thing would have amplified that. Bringing Paddy Tally in, and I know this, would have been translated in some conversations in Kerry as the final concession, like the final yielding of the Kerry ideal, you know, to have to bring in an Ulster coach to coach them how to defend. Can't imagine how badly that would have gone or backfired even if they had lost, right? Not in, not in you know, rational thinking circles, right? <laughs> but like, it would have backfired. It would have been a reaction, no doubt. Where, but where, he did where would you find one of those circles, man? I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll, bring, you, I'll bring you down for a spin someday and I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll bring you into a few. But like, <laughs> like the... Um, what I'm saying, I suppose, in a roundabout way is that it's conviction, 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 which like he knew what he wanted. He knew the right guys to bring in. He wasn't afraid to let them at it and trust them. And it all came back in spades then because he picked the absolutely right guys to do the job. And Kerry County Board in the start of remember, remember the storms that whipped up when he was given the job. Mm, mm. 31 and a half counties, lads. 31 and a half counties. Yeah, it is, Kevin. Uh, I think. Mick has, has summed it up wonderfully there and I, I, your insight into it obviously as man has held that position um, in Roscommon is is interesting because it is it, to me it seems like Jack O'Connor is a he's one of these kind of force, force of nature personalities and 
sometimes you're lucky with a force of nature personality where you you know that actually I'm a force of nature. I don't need to impose myself on everything here or I don't need to try to because actually it just happens naturally. So, you know, if if it's my idea, I don't need to be the person carrying it out, shall we speak, because it was still my idea and I'm Jack O'Connor and I'm in charge here. And I he, like there must be incredible self-confidence there because as Mick says, he's he's delegated a lot to very talented people, very, very talented people who could take a lot more credit, you know, in another situation. But at the end of the day, everybody knows, no, Jack O'Connor's the boss. It was all his idea. Well, uh, I, I got a taste of that very early in the season myself. Um, he rang me. <laughs> I'd, I'd been on, uh, I'd been on um, a podcast or maybe the Sunday, the league Sunday or whatever. And his, his uh, exit from Kildare and the manner of it, uh, et cetera. And I think I might have said it, it was unseemly haste or something. Anyway, I can't remember. I can't remember. But uh, the phrase, uh, but he took he took exception to it uh, and rang me directly, which is says a lot about the guy, I have to say. Uh, and we had a great chat about it. And um, he, he felt very, uh, you know, I, I think it was he in a podcast or something where he come talked about Manchester United or something. Exactly. Uh, with the example yeah, of Paul yeah, Rose, yeah. yeah. And there was it, and and he, and he might there might have been another bit of context lost in some interview we did or whatever. And he was adamant that uh, that uh, the true the true narrative was not out there. Uh, and uh, and we chatted it through. But he, he was very very keen to make sure that his his uh, his his uh, coming was going to get off to a strong start. That this this thing was going to be put behind him very quickly. Uh, and he was dealing with the people he needed to deal with, and he, and, uh, he saw me perhaps as someone that uh, ha- didn't have all the facts, shall we say? And and I, and I was happy to ha- happy to uh, to hear him out. But Jack is, um, you see, Jack is just fantastic credibility in the game because he knows the game. He's just. Uh, so I heard it was a David Moore last night said he is a very high sporting IQ. You know, he's he sees things, he understands the game. He's been around it a long time. He has such such experiences, good and bad, good and bad. He, he's had a few a few bumps uh, along the way, but uh, he's an outstanding he's an outstanding intercounty manager who's just a serial winner. She you listed it there yourself, Mikey. You know, like uh, beware of his first his first year in the job because he just plows down everything in front of him. Uh, and and I, I think it's a really good a really good message to a lot of teams out there. You know, who kind of say, oh, we don't need to do the league and we, we take our eye off this and our eye off that. Get your team down quick, get it settled, get to know who you have, stay with it and don't change too much and keep ploughing. And the new championship that's ahead of us uh, is going to be very much like that. And you can see Jack will, will hit the ground running in, in, in that as well because he's a young team now. I'm sure that he must feel can exploit the ground ahead. Like the amount of time he's been there, lads. See, we, like uh, the, the senior All Ireland is only the tip of the iceberg, you know, with this mm-hmm. with with this manager. Like he was a selector. He was an under twenty one selector with Paddy O'Shea got rested in nineteen ninety six. Like he managed Jermaine Murphy as an under twenty one. Never mind the senior. When you start adding up colleges, All Irelands, under twenty ones, and so on and minors, so forth, the minors, the minors, absolutely. I I I I I don't want to put a number on it, but you're heading towards twenty finals. You're definitely heading towards twenty. So I mean, serial winner, high sport and IQ. What have you What have you not come across in in like you've seen everything, haven't you? Mm. And you think you you and you think of the Kerry context. He came in the first time around with 
you know, he would have been seen as the outside man because he didn't have the All-Ireland medals. He was fighting all that for, whether it was in his own head or, or in, in reality, he was fighting all that for years as well. So as you say, he, there's nothing there's nothing on the field or psychologically that he hasn't dealt with as a manager. And uh, like, you know, they knew what they were, look at, it's like anything, if they hadn't won, if Galway had turned it over, that's the thing, like, that's the fine lines in Kerry, like, and mm. Kevin, it reminds me of something, I think, I don't know, was it in your Irish Times column, or was that something you said on this, about, you know, you can't always judge a season by the end game, you know, you have to look at it in the totality of what it is. Oh, the, the, re- the recency thing, I was talking about that, everyone, yes. every, we, we have in the concentration levels of a week in any exactly. of us. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, I mean, in, in the Kerry context of that, the Kerry lose on Sunday, lads. I mean, that win over Dublin becomes a glimmer in the distance, like the light, you know, it's a glimmer in the distance. So yeah. you're constantly, and that's what makes them great, but that's also what pulls you, can, can, can just wreck your season. Yeah. But he's done, I mean, I think they used 24 players in the championship before yesterday, which is not a lot No. Uh, when, when you think about it. And the league numbers are not high either. He, start, he did the Cody thing, the old Brian Cody thing. You get the jersey day one and it's yours until you get injured or you lose it from form, but it's yours. If you have it day one, you know, I think Jason Foley started all the matches this year. But you know, Big Lee started 12. Well, he, put out, he put out a McGrath Cup team uh, early doors yeah. and uh, probably 10 of yesterday's team or 11 of <laughs> yesterday's team. Was on. As, as yeah. you say, he, he laid it down because that's what they needed to do. They were proving themselves yeah. from day one this year. Yeah. Um, Rory, he, there's often a rush after a, an All-Ireland final to uh, as it's along with not having the um, attention span of a gnat or more than a week, as Kevin says, we also like to always say that wh- whoever is strongest now is going to be strong. Like, is this the start of a, of a dynasty? Yada yada yada, and that's often said as with Kerry, no more than anybody, especially after you know they've they're after standing by you as their biggest rivals have did build a dynasty that lasted longer than any other one has ever lasted. But it's hard to make that case for Kerry at the moment because it does seem, as we kind of alluded to early in the in the podcast, like. Gaelic football's in a good place. There are, you know, Galway will come back the stronger for this, you'd imagine, you know, if they can add, as I said, add a couple to their bench. Um, you know, Derry and Armagh will be coming out of Ulster saying, you know, we're, we're a year wiser as well. Um, the dubs obviously haven't gone away. Like, like, and we're looking at a new championship structure next year. Um, thankfully, we're looking at a new championship structure where we can actually say there's there might be two, three, four realistic All-Ireland champions or contenders, as opposed to a new championship structure coming in when the dubs are steamrolling everyone and we're trying our best to make a case for somebody else. So Gaelic football is in a good place, carrier kingpins, but they're they're there to be knocked off. Absolutely. I think um, there's a democracy in Gaelic football. No, for, you know, it's not like a, a mass democracy, but there is a bit more <laughs> of a democracy in Gaelic football that maybe hasn't been for a while. And... While previous Kerry teams, when they finally kind of get that first one off their, uh, you know, when they get that first one notched on the on the on the trophy up up into the cabinet, I think they have tended to go on and you know contest, but like and win multiples. That's not a gimme or a certainty or a guarantee with this team because they will even in. Dublin's 10-year dominance. Kerry were still making All-Ireland finals and semi-finals. Kerry will never exit the conversation at any stage whatsoever. What they might have now is an opportunity to put maybe three or four over the next six or seven years together. But they'll actually have it all to do just to retain it in 2023. Like there's, they have flaws and that's kind of what makes 
the Gaelic Football Championship again when we finally do uh, uh, when 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 the thing kicks back in um, next year. I think there's it's going to be interesting because your chasing pack will have a good opportunity and have, will have plenty of time to get themselves sorted out. I think there's going to be new managers in Mayo. There's going to be new management in Dublin, potentially. That's the word we're hearing. Mm-hmm. We, you know, you're seeing change right across Monaghan. the Monaghan, Donegal, um, and and look, I you would imagine Armagh will improve from the positions they found themselves in this year. It'll be interesting to see if Joyce continues. I hope he does, um, and I don't see any reason why he wouldn't, because uh, Galway can certainly build on it, and they have a lot of good underage players coming through as well. So they could certainly add a bit more depth, which is the one thing I think that did ca- catch them yesterday. So I think there's there is the potential for this new format as well to make things very very interesting, and um, it's not an absolute certainty that David Clifford is going to go on and win five All Ireland medals. But you know I think they're in they they're going to need to probably find a replacement for David Morn, and um, that's going to be a big issue now. Look, Stefan Ockonbor, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, might be the solution there. Obviously, he picked up a really bad injury this year and might need a bit more football because he was another Australian rules project player and has come back. Um, really good athlete. And I'm sure, look, if he gets a bit more football, he could solve that. He, he might be a potential solution there. But they do have flaws still right throughout the team. And they didn't win any of their matches, even Mayo, right? And let's be honest, Mayo, the lift is probably coming down a little bit now as opposed to going up. But Mayo stuck Mayo right with them, right into the middle of that second half. And then just, you know, the Kerry pulled away. So I think if Mayo can get the right management on board and inject a couple of young players into their team as well, find another couple of leaky Keegans, which they seem to be able to do quite easily in Mayo for some reason. Um, and uh, you, you just wouldn't know. So I don't see it as being a green and gold future completely, but they will probably be in a lot of All-Ireland finals over the next six or seven years, and they will probably win two or three more. Yeah. Um, Kevin, uh, I suppose the, the last word on the football championship to you, I get the impression you're kind of you're heartened by how by how things are looking and you'd be kind of, you know, enthusiastic about next year's championship as well. And, it, you know, there's there's intrigue and storylines and plots. And sure, that's all we need, really, isn't it? Well, I think I'm not going to go into the, the detail of the championship. I think we all have a, a rough idea of how it pans. But by my reckoning, between the league, the province and the round robins and then, in, and then into the All-Ireland series, the top teams will meet each other possibly three times which is what we've always wanted. Big games between the big teams. And the new championship absolutely assures that. And, and it's going to be terrific. And the way, the way it's designed, as I see it, the top eight, top 10 teams are going to make the All-Ireland series. In other words, the quarterfinals, uh, if you like. And that's going to be, that's just going to be fantastic. Uh, and it's, a, it's a, 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 a crazy season in that once the ball is thrown in on the last Sunday in January, it's pedal to the floor to the third week in July. Uh, and you're going to, you know, you talked about Galway there and the likes of them. You have to develop a panel now for this, for this journey. There's no, there's no breaks, you know, uh, from league, from league to province. I think it's two weeks and from perhaps province to round Robin, another week. And then from round Robin to the provincial series, perhaps another week again, or to the All-Ireland series, 
another week again. So it's it's just it's it's so much to look forward to. I think I, I think it's uh, all GA people should say, yeah, maybe we've gone well down the road. It is the first step, but we've gone well down the road to what this new championship we all want might look like. Uh, and certainly, I think it's for for all of us. It's 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 very exciting. Um, we we'll leave that for football. Just a quick word, Mick, because since our last podcast, obviously Brian Coldy in true hurling man fashion uh, tried to steal <laughs> the, the thunder before, steal the thunder of the All-Ireland football final that's classy guy classy guy I love it <laughs> stuck, a, stuck a pin in the football yeah, yeah, yeah. it was just it was it was the most in the end we, we shouldn't have doubted it it was the most Brian Cody way to go like no fanfare just a statement from Kilkenny County Borders we'll never hear from Brian Cody again now unless you're you might see him sitting in the stand at Kilkenny matches there'll be no fireside there'll certainly be no fireside chats with Marty Anyway. And there'll be no press conference in a theatre in Kilkenny or anything like that, a la Henry Shefflin. He's gone now, but it was there, there. There was a certain gauche style to how he went, I think, Mick, wasn't there? As, as someone who's worked for a Sunday newspaper for a long, long, long time, I could tell you exactly how that was going to work out from about, I think the rumour started on a Tuesday afternoon and we were saying, that's going to happen now, either Saturday afternoon or 25 minutes past three on Sunday, one or the other, because they're the, they're, they're the dormant times but they're also the times that absolutely wreck your weekend. So, um, <laughs> so, so in true in true fashion, yeah. Look, that's it. Yeah, look, that's it. he went out probably exactly the way that uh, he would have wished. I'd say no. I, I, there is a wondering. There was a wondering in me, wondering will he pop up with James Stevens, um, somewhere along the way. He's not. I mean, as we've seen and as we know, uh, he is very much a traditionalist. He was. It's impossible to imagine him managing anywhere else. No. So, uh, no, certainly in the county, no way. And even, <laughs> even even in the club context, I don't think that man would 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 shift beyond the village. So I'd be curious to see will he will he will he throw his lot in there at some point. But sure, look, what can you say? About it? It's all been said. I mean, you know, the greatest, the greatest, uh, certainly the greatest hurling manager of all time. I I would say probably the greatest GA manager of all time. Really, when you when you when you really start to drill down into it. Um, I, I, and, uh, I I think it would be transformative it, effect on the sport. Like you know, you you, you wouldn't. You wouldn't make the kind of uh, Rory. You wouldn't make the kind of documentary you made about Mick O'Dwyer, about Brian Cody. Very different character, but at the same time, yeah. As Mick says, I I couldn't I couldn't argue with Mick's point. I would say the greatest GA manager of all time. Yeah, look, unquestioned, uh, legendary figure. Like when the history of hurling eventually gets documented, when Farmageddon ever arrives, heaven forbid, you know Brian Cody's presence and silhouette will loom large across it because he's just been a totemic figure in the game i think um i think it's a, like look what what can you say that hasn't already been said in terms of his achievements both as a player and as a manager it's almost superfluous at this stage one there's two things i'd say on this that i that i think are key though um the first thing is it's a really difficult situation for the kilkenny county board because they haven't had to do this in 24 years like that's a quarter of a century since you've last appointed a manager now look invariably they, they, they sure, haven't I'm they sure haven't been out right. in the internet dating age yet yeah, yeah, <laughs> Tin, you know, tinder like, is a completely swipe, new thing swipe, to them. swipe right for kilkenny <laughs> manager you know uh, might be that it might be that difficult rory no <laughs> no just have to go to galway and sort things out yeah <laughs> well well, well like, i mean they have plenty of internal candidates as well derek ling did an incredible job this year they're under 20s winning an all-ireland maybe against the head because Limerick were hotly fancy to, to win that final. But and uh, and look, you've Eddie, you've David Herity, James McGarry's already there, Gerta. So they've they've plenty. McFenley. 
there's loads like they're, they're, mm. they're, they're, they won't be found wanting for somebody to take over the team and I wouldn't be surprised actually if Cody is a big say in who it is we so, were um, but the second point sorry Kev the second oh, sorry, point that I would make it's just and I do I do think this is it would I think this would be important Mick was mentioning what will he do now if I was the Kilkenny County Board and if I was in, in, in any way influential figure in a hurling fraternity I would be saying put him on put him in as a politician in so far as get him in there as Kilkenny Central Council delegate because I think the point on Low Cusack made last Sunday night on the Sunday game which I think is a very important one who's watching the back of hurling in the corridors of power I'm not so sure if there's many I have always felt, and a lot of people would feel, that it's basically the Gaelic Football Association with a hurling wing. And I think if you have somebody of the stature and of the presence and of the force of personality as Brian Cody in there, I think it could be a very significant uh, political move on behalf of the small ball. I was, can I tell Mr. A, Cody a goes one. to Washington. Go on, <clears throat> Can I tell you a, a quick one, Mikey? Um, and far be it for me not to be an expert on Brian Cody's uh, achievements, but... Um, when I was uh, looking after uh, Bridget's maybe eight, eight or nine years ago, and we were having a meeting and well, a workshop actually, where we were, we wanted to have a few mantras or whatever. And the idea was, you know, we'd, we'd decide on them together uh, and then we'd get them printed up and they'd be put in the dressing room, you know, teamwork, hard work, you know, the, the usual ones yourselves. But <clears throat> there was one I'd, I, I had read uh, Cody at the time. Uh, or, or one of his has he a few autobiographies? I think Cody. No, he's only one. He only did one, yeah. Cody one. And um, the uh, I remember the central theme of of his dressing room and what he was. It always struck me, and it was one one we we ended up agreeing on the panel. And uh, I remember, uh, and obviously we got it made up with uh, one of the, the professional sign guides. And it was uh, uh, absence of ego, honesty of effort. That was the. That to me, that to me was was, was Brian Cody. Any any time I ever met him, only met him three or four times, he always came across the most honest of of guy, an absence of ego, just single focus on winning, addicted to winning. <laughs> and I've always tried to try to um, drive that in, in in any teams that I've been involved in. That that I remember him saying the dressing room. You'd imagine everybody in that dressing room would be on the same journey, but of course they're not. Mm. Other fellas are on. Everyone is different. But he had to bend them that there would be no that the cancer of me could not enter the dressing room, and uh, and it was this honesty of effort, absence of ego, and that's what I when I when I think of Cody and and, and everything he did, they're, they're the two phrases that that come to mind. Yeah, well, enjoy your retirement, Brian Cody, and uh, all the sideline reporters will also enjoy his retirement. They won't have to interview Brian Cody after a defeat anymore or ask him about shaking hands with Henry Sheffield. Damien Lawler, like, it was just a relief. Just like, it's going to be some, it's going to be some, it's going to be an incredible amount of new faces on oh, all, all the sidelines. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah, it's going to be um, an interesting little merry-go-round now for a little while. Okay, we'll leave it at that. Thank you, Kev. Thank you, Mick. Thank you, Rory, Thanks. as always. And um, we'll be back on Thursday to have a look at the... Uh, the All-Ireland Women's Football Final. So we will chat to you then. Good luck. Thank you. Goodbye. How much longer will the referee allow? Dublin lead by a point. And there's the whistle. It's over. It's over. We earned it by winning the last two matches on the road. And that's not going to be taken away from us. But what I love in Hurling, I love players that will never give in. He hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar. Oh, holy Moses.